What a sad valentine In a place known as Hanniger Mine A legend began Every woman and man Would always remember the time And those who remained Were never the same You could see the fear in their eyes Once every year As the 14th draws near There's a hush all over the town For the legend they say On a Valentine's Day Is a curse that'll live on and on And no one will know As the years come and go Of the horror from long time ago Hey, happy Valentine's Day from the Heart Guy Media Podcast. I am your host, Jesse HS, and today I have uh, the one, the only, uh, Brian C. Tyler joining me to discuss some Valentine's Day horror movies. One of which, I believe, is one of the most landmark films in the horror genre ever. You don't think so? Oh, I thought you were going to keep going. Oh, I was, but you gave me a weird look. That's just my face, Jesse. Brian, how have you been? I've been pretty good. Not bad? all geared up for Valentine's Day. Yeah. (laughs) Aren't we all? So, it's kind of a... There aren't, obviously, a lot of movies in the horror realm that deal with Valentine's Day. But, it was tackled earlier on, 1981, with My Bloody Valentine. My bloody Valentine. It's probably one of the most... It, it, it's such an important film, I think, to the horror genre. At least to me, you have inventive kills. You have an inventive take on a slasher film taking place on, you know, uh, a, a holiday that isn't very... You don't get a lot of Valentine's Day. It's hard to. It's a happy holiday, isn't it? Is it, is it not? Well, it, well, to an extent... It depends on. I think it's so. Who you like, are. It's so much better to make a horror movie out of a happy holiday, though. Yeah, yeah. That's why there's so many Christmas. There hasn't movies. been an Easter. Has there been an Easter horror movie? Critters two count. Yeah. <laughs> Is there? <coughs> there is obviously uh, St. Patrick's Day horror movies. Uh, if you want to count the Leprechaun movies. Uh well. I, I Only the, the second the, one takes place dude, on I was going to say, none of that's right? funny, because I don't think any of them take... Yeah, the second one does, I guess. Maniac Cop takes place on St. Patrick's Day. Does. But, I mean, if you want to, like, you know... If you don't want to get too, you know, strict with it, then, yeah, the Leprechaun movies are like St. Patrick's Day horror movies. And Night of the Lepus could be an Easter horror movie. Night of the Lepus. Yeah, Janet Lee versus Oversized Killer Bunny Rabbits. Why don't I remember this? I've never seen it. Well, you should. I'm going to play with the settings while we're talking. You'll be pretty bored, but it's funny. So, alright, while you're doing that, I'll just get this out of the way real quick. Go for it. There is a fantastic episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer that takes place on Valentine's Day. Season 2, episode 16, Bewitched, Bothered, and Bewildered. (laughs) So I'm sure 
anyone that is a Buffy fan listening to your podcast loves that episode. They better. Anyone that's been thinking about watching the show, don't start with that episode. Um, either start at the beginning, or if the beginning, you know, the first season's kind of too silly for some people. So skip to season two, that's when it really starts to get good. So there you go. Alright, so... You're welcome. Yeah, thank you. Um, so when was the first time that you saw... That you saw, um... My Bloody Valentine. Was that the first Valentine's Day horror movie that you saw? Obviously there aren't no. many for us to... No. I think I saw Valentine first. Really? I think so. Interesting. So yeah. let's... Alright, well let's talk about Valentine first then. Yeah, might as well get that out of the way, huh? We'll build up to My Bloody Valentine. Yeah. So, Valentine was coming out, and I was all about those types of movies back then. It's a Kevin like, Williamson written film, nope. right? No? No, it's not. Who who wrote that? I don't know who wrote it. Did he produce it? Why did I think he had something to do with it? Because it's it came out in the Scream era. Why did I think he had something to do with it? Because it came out in the Scream era. <laughs> you should say that a third time. I think it's from the writers of Deep Blue Sea. Can you... <laughs> which is re- which is one really random, two really random that I know that. Can you look that up and see if I'm right? Yeah, because I'm, verif- I am, I'm my- verifying. It's 2001 film. Then my life is pretty sad. Why did I think Tom Savage wrote a novel? Yeah, he wrote the novel. Based off a novel. <laughs> Donna Powers, yes. Uh, Deep Blue Sea writer, as well as Wayne <laughs> Powers. Were they brothers or were they lovers? Maybe both, I don't know. Wait, uh, wasn't her name Donna? Yeah, Donna Powers. I don't think they're brothers then, Jesse. Oh, I bet. <laughs> Siblings. Um, so, Valentine, yes. Um, I was in 2001. Like, <laughs> 1988, I was born. You were 13. Thank you. You're or welcome. I was turning 13 that year. Yes, because you're a later birthday guy, August so I was, 31st. I was 12, and I was all about, like, Scream, I Know What You Did Last Summer. Um, not just those, but I, by that point, had checked out, like, the Halloweens, Friday the 13th. Before so, we before we go oh, any further. Oh, oh, okay. Did people did people hate on these newer age horror films? I feel like there was hate. By that hate. point, yes. Although, even, like, you know, people who are more prone to liking the 80s, the slashers, the campier stuff. Kind of like they didn't like the new they didn't like the screams and the I know what you did last summers and the urban yeah. legends. They kind of thought it was like, you know, these were studio movies, fuck them. Right, because I was I was already on the internet at this point. Like I wasn't reading so. message board shit. Like I was already on Arrow in the Head, IMDb. So I saw what people said. They were so annoyed because you know, since Scream, all these movies were following the formula right. where towards the end, you know, they'd cast actors that you'd see on television, like WB back then. Yeah. And it would follow the formula where at the end, the killer's unmasked, and then they have this, like, what, 25-minute monologue about why they did it. Mm. And people were just sick of it. Uh, by Valentine. They were, they were, by 2001 they were sick of it yeah so by scream 3 they were <laughs> sick of it and valentine came out after that yeah so anyway i was super excited about valentine because i wasn't sick of it yet maybe i was too young to like get sick of shit but like you that. loved it when you saw it yeah but 
I couldn't get anyone to see it in theaters with me, Jesse. I mean, to be fair, I probably wouldn't have went and saw it, but maybe. Who knows? Um, so I waited until it was out on the VHS tape. and The VHS tape. And I loved it at the time. Because, you know, anything that you enjoy as a kid, at the time, it's the best movie you've ever seen. Yeah. Except I was like, this is the best slasher movie since Scream. Yeah, and five years ago. It did um, do one thing differently from the other ones. There was no killer monologue at the end. Yeah, I uh, I actually, I didn't see it until, I want to say, mid to late 2000s that you showed me it. Uh-huh. Um, I remember watching it, and when we watched it, I loved it. I thought it was awesome. I still think it's awesome. The I, cherub mask is creepy. Yeah, it's... The kills uh, are, the death scenes are fun. Yeah. It's got... Kind of an 80s feel to it, I think. Oh, no, it definitely does. And it almost, more so than any of those newer, like, uh, you know, the I Know What You Did Last Summer, the Urban Legends, the Screams, uh, more so than them, I almost felt like there was a Giallo feel to it more than the rest. Oh, yeah, like the black gloves and shit. Yeah, yeah. And, there well, was I already mentioned Buffy. David Boreanaz uh-huh. had a starring role in it. Yeah. He was from Buffy. So Catherine was Heigl as well. Exciting to me. Uh, I liked her back then. Yeah, back when she she was on a roll, man. Bride yeah. of Chucky, and then three years later, she's fucking doing Valentine. Yeah. I think I would have been proud if I was her. I would have been happy. Well, I mean, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, it's a it's an interesting film, and, and all these years later, it's still, to me, I think I watched it, not last year, but the year before was the last time I watched it, um, and it still holds up. I think it's fun. Like I said, there's not a lot of Valentine's Day films. But think of the soundtrack. Looking back. what's a, Who's on the soundtrack? I can't remember. Disturbed, Linkin Park, wow. Static X, Marilyn Manson. But at the time. Probably like, Godsmack, who knows. Yeah, yeah, Godsmack was a staple. Creed. Was Creed on it? Creed was not on it. They were kind of burned out at that point. They were on fucking everything. Yeah. Scream 3. Scream 2. They weren't. They didn't play in Scream 2, did they? Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. I thought it was just Counting Crows. No, no, no. I'm pretty... I'm almost positive. And they were in Halloween H2O. Yes. Creed was holding it down for the horror genre. I mean... Good. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, you know, looking back now, what kind of... Do you think that... uh, You're you're more of an internet... uh, what do I want to? You're prominent. You're more prominent on the internet than I am. What's the overall? Do you feel? And you're a collage poster. You're very. You're into the the trivia fucking things and the fucking the thirty one days of uh, of fuckfest holiday horror film posts. It's every died day. down. Yeah. It's okay. Di- okay. Okay. Like okay. But what, do you feel like there's other people that appreciate this film as much as you and I do? having sex now like i have a life now (laughs) all right what do you think there's do people appreciate this film now is it just us are we in the minority like with rob zombies halloween too we're definitely in the minority and i think among heterosexual horror fans you're in the minority because it's like almost a horror movie is it a gay film it's not a gay gay following but all the characters that you're supposed to relate to are, like, female. So I feel like more gay people like it. But maybe it's just on my Instagram, all the people that I'm following and follow me 
are gay horror fans. Like, That's all your followers? A, there's a community of us. Yeah. <laughs> and there's the gay community, and then there's the gay horror fan community. The so, gay community? Well, gay horror fan community? There's yeah. a community, you think? Yeah. Interesting. Oh, yeah, look it up. And I can relate, because I relate to Valentine. Is what you're yeah. trying to say. <laughs> well, yeah, we don't... I'm not gonna exclude anybody. You don't have to be gay. <laughs> I don't know what kind of rabbit hole I just fell down. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was deep. Um, so, yeah, everyone on my Instagram seems to like it. <laughs> but if you go to, like, shit like Rotten Tomatoes or something, I'm sure it's going to have oh, yeah. a very low score. Well, they shit on things that I think are great, too. Like yeah. uh, Pumpkinhead 2 and Pet Cemetery 2 and Stepfather 2. And among Children our friends, too. I don't think Valentine is very popular. Like, I don't really? Think, I don't no one else is a fan? I don't think Sean ever liked it. I think John's a fan. I think I told John about it. John picked it up. Oh, of course it. John likes it. I don't mean that in a bad way. Yeah. <laughs> I mean that in a good way. He's more open-minded, yeah. I think, than any of us when it comes to horror films. Yeah, he did show us things killing. Yes. Were you here when we watched that fucking thing? Yeah. Jesus Christ. That was fun. That was back when we were friends. We are... I wouldn't be here if we weren't friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You think um, I'm here for the attention? Yeah. Um, so, my bloody valent. Well, let's talk about Lover's Lane. Because we kind of got a funny... Speaking of falling down fucking rabbit holes. Um, I mean, you probably would have had to be there, but let's tell the story anyway. Yeah, so, it was a couple... It was probably, like, at this point, might have even been t- nine, ten years ago. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh... We decided to, it was around this time, we decided to throw on some Valentine's Day horror movies. We threw that one on. And we got lost in a time fucking paradox while we were watching that film. But we were fucking hearing things and seeing things we didn't. It sounds like we were all on drugs if we explain the story. But there was a scene where the woman had said hello. And I don't know if the DVD glitched because we went back and she definitely didn't say it as prolonged as it sounded but it sounded like she went hello or even longer like hello but it didn't but seem like the dvd glitched at all we all heard it we were all the dying DVD laughing didn't glitch because but we rewound you can it tell when a dvd glitches didn't we rewind it and she didn't say it that long no but it just felt like she did to everyone in the room me we're- you there was chris sean Maybe that's it. Yeah, I think that was it. But, but still. That was strange. It was... I can barely remember... Hysteria. Yeah. It was, I could barely remember the film, mainly because we were we were just so uh, fucked up from watching that and, and all participating. Maybe we were all deprived of sleep at the time. It was probably I was something. just thinking that, yeah. yeah. Uh, wow, we got really to, lost in just To like, be like... I mean, the actress had this, like, look to her. What year, what year is this from? 1999, I think. Really? Yeah. Why did it seem like it was from the fucking 70s? Well, Anna Ferris was in it, remember? And this was before she did Scary Movie. Are we thinking of the same movie? Yes. Man. It was just very low budget. So that's from 2000, so you're wrong. Yeah, but it was made in 1999. Maybe. It was... Made before Anna Faris did Scary Movie. I know Maybe. That. It came out in October 25th, 2000. In Australia. 
Anyway, continue, you inaccurate fuck. Um, I was done. I can't even remember the film, so I might have to... Is... All I remember is that um, every time I've tried to watch it since that time, and let, let me be clear, we all enjoyed it so much that night. We all had so much fun watching it. Every time I've tried to watch it since, I was alone for it, and I was just so fucking bored. And I thought it was so bad. And I don't know if it's any kind of... Uh, Anna Ferris gets a hook in her vagina. I don't even remember that. Well, you gotta re But it's not, this. like, graphic. It's off-screen, but they, like, yeah. edit it in a way so you know what happens. So I'd just like to point out that in Valentine, going back... Um, Jessica Capshaw and Katherine Heigl are both in this film. They're both characters in Grey's Anatomy, and I'm a Grey's Anatomy fan. Oh, yeah, it's from... The writers also worked on Grey's Anatomy. Did they really? No, probably not. I don't really know. Took a shot in the the dark there? I don't know if... I mean, I don't think there would be a connection between writers and actors. If anything, it would be like the director also did Grey's Anatomy or producers... Possibly. Anyway, but let's let's. The, well, no. What? Do you still want to go on Lovers Lane? Valentine, the cast. You know, we had Marley Shelton, Denise Richards, Marley Shelton, who went on to do like Grindhouse, Scream Four, um, and around that time she also did Sugar and Spice. You have you seen Sugar and Spice? Great film. Great film. Awesome. Great. And she was in Never Been Kissed with Drew Barrymore and Jessica Alba and, you know, Lily Sobieski. She was in Scream 4, too? I said that. Did you? Yeah, you'll realize that when you go back to <laughs> Uh Yeah, Sugar and Spice is great. Yes. You're getting off topic, Jesse. Sorry. I don't give a fuck. Um, but yeah, great cast. I know you're a big David Boreanaz fan. I'm really not. You are a huge fucking David Boreanaz. I just like um, Buffy and Angel, but him, I wouldn't watch like something just because he's in it. You know what I mean? So My Bloody Valentine. When was the first time you saw My Bloody Valentine? As it was after Valentine. It was around that time though, because that was the first was time still, you saw. Wow. I was still like getting late to the game. VHS huh? tapes. Late to the game. When did you first watch it? Young. How young? I don't know. It's VHS running days, so... Well, yeah, it was VHS Earlier. Not fucking... I'd probably... Alright, yeah. Probably like mid to early 90s. Alright, yeah, you're cooler than me. I know. So, I bought it... It was like a blind buy for media play. But I knew what it was. And I was, like, excited to check it out. So, I want to say it was around 2001, 2002. Now, I went years without remembering what the name of the movie was. Because you just did that back in the day. You'd watch something, you wouldn't know what the name of it was. Because it was on Cinemax or whatever. And Mm. you didn't have a fucking info thing. Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yeah. I loved that movie as a kid. And when I was watching the show, my dad was like, you know, you remember the movie, right? And I'm like, what? And it brought you back. Yeah, I'm just honestly seeing how many times I can bring up Buffy the Vampire Slayer. You're at like five right now, so that's pretty good. Um, You forgot the title. What title? Of the movie. My Bloody Valentine? Yeah, that's 
That's how we. Just, oh yes. Yeah. Oh, I thought. I thought. Never mind. I was trying to bring you back to where you were because I. Okay, so it. yeah, I forgot the title of the movie, and I remember the. I remember the severed head in the, uh, in the refrigerator, mm. and that all that stuck with me for some reason. Uh, it stuck with me, and I always remember. I always would think about the movie. I was like, "What? The, uh, what fucking movie was that?" And then years later, I, I had found it and watched it again, and I was like, "Oh fuck! This is the this is my, it's my buddy Valentine. This is and that was probably like early two thousands. I was like, "Oh fuck! This is what the yeah. movie is." Um, and from there, the love of that movie has grown and stuck with me since then. I think you know it's eighty one, uh-huh. and it was really I think uh, obviously. 1980, you have the release of Friday the 13th, which really kind of kicks off the 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 new the the 80s slasher. Mm-hmm. It fully kicks it off. I mean, it kind of had already existed. Wouldn't you think? You know, Black Christmas and and uh, Halloween. Yeah, but you're talking the 80s slasher. Like Friday the 13th brought in the gore. Yes, yes, it was the. It was the after that, they had to like. Try extra hard on their yeah death scenes. This is the golden age. This is the beginning of the golden age. Is eighty eighty one, so a film comes out. It's a Canadian film. It's very low budget, but with the low but as low of a budget as they've they had, yeah, I think they pulled off it tremendously. the The idea of having it in it was shot in Canada. Obviously, it's a Canadian Canadian film. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, taking place in a mine, yes. you know, for most of the film is genius. Having, you know, a, a miner g- go crazy, uh, murder people, and then there be this legend of him is, is very, you know, is the initial premise of the film to, to set it up is what you're, you know. The groundwork. Are you gonna help me here? Are we gonna dry, dive into this or what? I just like to hear you talk. Um, you're you want to explain the plot of the movie? No, I just huh. want to hear your thought. Like what? Oh. Like well, my your, the concept play? of the movie is fresh even for 1981. Was a very fresh idea. Yeah, because you're the, like you're, the local legend. It's yeah something because you're you're capitalizing on a holiday that there hasn't really been anything on valentine's day Uh setting which is unique you know a mine uh coal mine and you know it is a canadian film so there's all these little like uh i don't even know if we could call them like idiosyncrasies of the actual film that are all like specific and it's a really interesting film, and for so many reasons, it could have not worked. It could have went over people's heads. And at the time, I'm not sure if it did like well. If it, I, I think it was a low budget, and it was just you know kind of lost in the fray for years. But when when it, from the time it was put out until now, obviously it's just grown year after year after year. The love for this film, yeah. And um, I think it really is all those little different things, you know, being van- on Valentine's Day, the setting. You know, the fact that it was a low-budget Canadian film at the time. There's something very specific about Canadian slasher films. Definitely. Because there were a ton of them back then. Uh-huh. Like Bloody Valentine is probably the best example. Yeah. But it was, you know, there was Black Christmas, um, Curtains, Happy Birthday to Me. Those are all Canadian films. Terror Train. 
and there's just something very like specific about them most of the like actors they they feel like real people they look like real people yeah they don't look like american actors like they don't like, look like a movie star exactly um and the atmosphere is so like different i think yeah i'm not good at talking but it, any people who are listening who've seen the movie you know what i'm talking about like the way that they wherever they shot they captured that small mining town like you could you didn't have to sell like okay this looks like a city and they're just kind of shooting in an alley or something yeah. with like a weird like half building presented like everything looked very realistic as far as what you were seeing it looked like a mining town and they looked and felt like you know kids around that age that would live in that town and work at that mine and and none of these none of these actors or actresses really run, went on to do anything you know big or anything like that but what an awesome cast i yeah. think still to this day i kind of uh, kind of revel in the in the talent that was really there to make this film come to life and honestly when all said and done you can talk the story you can talk the setting you can talk the the and all all that but the cast really brought this film together as far as believable characters like you said they don't look like they're not farrah fawcett they're not kevin bacon they look you know like yeah. normal people i think there's only one one of the actors i've seen in another movie but it was another like early 80s canadian horror film funeral home and besides that they i've only seen all of them in that one movie and, and it, it is a great cast they're all very likable and uh so obviously they're throwing this Valentine's Day get together. Yeah. They're uh being warned not to. The uh, despite despite it all and the the deaths really I think this is you know it it's very you, you could say that Friday the 13th had very inventive deaths for mm-hmm. you know to kick start the 80s slasher but my bloody Valentine, I really do think they stepped it up to a new level. When you have, you know, but they hid that from us until yeah. the unrated cut came out. Yeah, um, which I, I watch and I love now. Like mm-hmm. you know, the the dryer scene is still like hilarious to me. It's so good. That's such a great. The like invent- old guy yeah. who tries to play that prank and he keeps opening the door. Yeah, and the killer like. It's a pickaxe, and the pickaxe obviously is. A, whenever I see a pickaxe now, I think of my bloody Valentine yeah, before the whole anything. Look of the killer, the mining outfit. Oh yeah, which Dan Clausen, which Dan Clausen pulled off pretty well a few years ago at the Halloween party. Yeah, then I showed up after when everyone took their Halloween costumes. Off. I know, and you missed it. So. I mean, what else is there? What else do you want to touch on uh, on My Bloody Valentine? It's kind of uh, uh, the Ballad of Harry Warden. Great, great, great song. I love when early '80s slash films had soundtracks like that. The only other example I can think of is Madman. Yeah, yeah. They That's do that more often. I like that. That's a commitment to like what you're doing. I feel like is when you get a song, you have a song written for the film. Yeah, there's more commitment. I, I'm all in when I hear that. 
And it, it sounds like some like local drunk sitting yeah. by a campfire like wrote that song himself. No, it really does. Like it's different from like Nightmare on Elm Street Four when there was Fat Boys. Are you ready for Freddy? Or Nightmare by Tuesday Night. Yeah. Does she say mention Freddy by name in that song? No, but that's I mean, what I'm talking about. Like actual songs that actual naming the mention the killers by antagonist. Name. Um, so right around all this time, I think when we're all like watching these films, we're enjoying them, we get the release of My Bloody Valentine 2009, 3D. Yes. Uh, Which, that was my first 3D movie. I think it was mine too as well. It might have been the Kickstarter of like the 3D craze that Definitely, I think it was. Um, but that is still, I still think about that movie going experience. It's one of the most fun films I, I had seen there. I mean, at the time we were just, we were kind of fresh to conventions as well. And Uh we had just met Tom Atkins recently. So being able to see him in this film, uh, you know, a very well done remake of a film that we love, seeing him in it. And getting, uh, <laughs> bless you, <laughs> bless you. Thank you. Uh, getting some really cool actors in there. And a great cast. Amazing cast. Jamie King is an underrated, like I'd call her a screen queen. Um, She's also in the Tripper and uh, the Mother's Day remake, for example. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it was really a fun film uh and the 3d was really well done i feel like it wasn't uh it didn't come off hokey it didn't come off like they were trying i feel like everything that they filmed for it to be 3d made sense and it was a lot of uh it was it came off really well yeah and anyone who listens to this podcast knows that we don't like we're we won't dislike a movie just because it's a remake like you're denying yourself of possibly a good movie viewing experience if you're like, I won't watch it, it's a remake. Remake yeah. suck. Because, you know, some people see it, like, as, oh, they're trying to, like, replace the original, or they're trying to say they can do better. But a lot of them, like My Bloody Valentine, for example, it's just a great tribute to the original. Oh, yeah, it definitely was. Uh, it definitely was 100% like a, a love letter to the original for sure. You know, and it had a $15 million budget. It grossed uh, $100 million worldwide. So that's, uh, it actually did awesome. Uh, granted, the, you had the 3D sales, so. Yes. Um, and I really, I really wish, I don't know what happened to Patrick. I think Patrick Lussier is how you pronounce it. Yeah. Um, He's directed a lot of really fun movies. Like, a lot of people hate on Dracula 2000. It's kind of nostalgic for me. And the sequels to that were really good that he directed. I thought Dracula 2 Ascension was awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember White Noise 2. I was just looking over his filmography. I didn't see that. Uh, he did After, Drive Angry, too, Yes, right? Drive Angry was also amazing. Another fun 3D movie. More action-oriented. Tom Atkins also cameos in that. And, and 
Todd Farmer obviously has a role in this. Um, yes, Todd Farmer is a great guy, screen, by the way. Screenplay, too, as well. Yeah, he wrote um, that. He wrote Drive Angry. He wrote Jason X. Yep. Which is a fun movie, and anyone who doesn't like it, like, stop being such a sad fucking person. <laughs> so, uh, no, what do you mean that Todd Farmer's a great person? Have you met him? Um, no, I've, I <laughs> think I'm on his Facebook. I'm not on his Facebook. <laughs> like, I follow his Facebook or you his Instagram him. or whatever, and he's just, like, a very nice guy. Uh, from everything I, very fun guy, and he makes very fun. He writes very fun movies. He definitely does. Uh, Jensen Ackles, I think that's how you pronounce his last name. Uh, obviously from Supernatural, uh, is in this. Uh, I think he's he, very very attractive man. You think so? Yeah, I think he's got a little bit of a, a little bit of a Craig Schaefer thing going on. Well, I think Craig Schaefer is a very attractive. Do you really? Man. Yeah. I think he is, too. He's got a hell of a jawline. After watching Nightbreed, the director's cut of Nightbreed last night for the first time, uh, he's got a hell of a jawline. So what's wrong with Jensen Ackles? Nothing. Oh, because I like, no. really? No, I was just, I'm interested to hear what fucking gets blood rushing to the old cockola for you. Oh, okay. You're not a paraplegic, so you can get an erection. <sighs> if you're a paraplegic, <laughs> it's okay, guys. If you are and you enjoy this podcast, please let me know if you can get an erection. I'm really curious. Oh, you don't even know? I don't even know what. Oh, yeah, we had that Friday the 13th podcast where you're like, you can't get an erection if you're in a wheelchair. I mean, if if you can't control the movement of your legs, how are you controlling whether or not you get a boner? That's a whole different conversation, but it is very possible. So, here we are. Okay, are we done with My Bloody Valentine 3D? No, you don't have anything I else to say? I thought it... Um, Did you have fun in theaters, or were you a puss? There's a different... I just... I already said I had fun in theaters. We all saw it together, and it was a great experience. It was. Best... Um, I think 3D kind of went downhill after that. Because that was, like, filmed for 3D. And when movies are filmed for 3D, and they really utilize it... And there are movies like that that are like fun, like roller coaster ride horror movies or like action movies. Those are the types of movies that should be 3D. After that, they started releasing like random shit in 3D and they do like post conversion 3D. And then everyone started hating 3D because obviously they're not using it right. I don't remember if I've seen any movies post Piranha in 3D. Yes, I have. I saw the Sin City movie in 3D with you. Yeah, that was. That was fun. Yeah. Uh, but I think the best, I hate 3D, uh, but My Bloody Valentine 2009 was awesome in 3D. I mean, they called Resident. it My Bloody Valentine 3D, right? Uh, yeah. Resident Evil Afterlife was really good in 3D. Really? Yes. That's surprising. Um, well, Piranha. Like, Piranha like 3D was awesome. I didn't get to see that in theaters. Really? I went with your brother and Dre, I think. Sounds so fun. What a great group of people to get together. I know. And you weren't there, so it was even better. Dree, we miss you. Wherever she may be out in western New York. Alright, um... X-Ray, which you haven't seen yet. No, I haven't. A.K.A. Hospital Massacre. 
Dan and I are, are big fans of that movie, especially Dan. Dan's the biggest fan of that movie that has ever lived. Now, has Dan actually watched the film, or has he just watched the death scenes yeah, on we, YouTube? Yeah, we watched it together. How much of, how much of it was he on his phone? Uh, none of it. Really? Yeah. Did his phone die? Was his charger anywhere no, he in the was, room? This happens once in a while. Dan actually watched the whole movie. Holy shit. He's a huge fan. Holy fuck. So it's... I, X-Ray, I don't, otherwise known as... Hospital Massacre. Hospital Massacre. I want you to watch it sometime, so I'm not going to give too much away. Do you own it? Don't ask me questions. Does Dan own it on Ultra 4K? Don't Blu-ray? ask me questions. Okay. Me and Dan... Well, <laughs> I own it. Dan probably owns it. It's a Scream Factory Blu-ray. Oh, really? Double feature with Schizoid, oh, which is boring. Okay. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> it stars Playboy Playmate Barbie Benton. Barbie Benton? It takes place in a hospital, so it kind of has a Halloween 2 feel. Just because it's in a hospital, you got to reference Halloween 2. You fucking Halloween mark. Yeah, because it came out around I'm just, I'm, the time okay, Halloween 2 I'm came kidding. out, and then I'm they kidding. made x-ray and visiting hours which also took place in hospitals are there any other valentine's day movies that we can talk about i'm not fucking done (laughs) so it's a valentine's day themed (coughs) horror movie it's dumb but it's fun feel like boobs kind of like us dumb but fun feel like boobs there's boobs if you like ridiculousness there's ridiculousness is there male Um, nudity is there male nudity yeah no, I don't even think there's an attractive male in the movie. There are boobs, though? Yes. The Playboy Playmate. Very nice. Um, there Anything is... below the equator. Shut up, I'm talking. Why <laughs> did you get me on this podcast if I can't talk? You can talk, I'm asking questions. So there's elderly women in this hospital room that you see throughout the movie? Naked. One of them is obviously a man dressed as a woman. Really? And the whole time I thought that was going to turn out to be the killer. Like, she have an Adam's app? It's going to take off his wig. It's going to be like a psycho Sco- twist. Scooby-Doo. And that led nowhere. That led nowhere, Jesse. Really? So just so everyone knows, like, don't watch it like hoping that you're going to get anything out of this man in an elderly woman suit. Because What year was this? 88? 82. 82. How are the boobs in it? If you had to rate them. 1 to 10. Let me Google image it. Seven? Six. Six and a half. Uh, talk about something else for a second. Okay. What are your... While we're moving on here from X-Ray, yeah. let's talk about some stuff that's upcoming. Uh, the 40th anniversary of Halloween, they're obviously doing a new Halloween film. Carpenter is on board. I'm not sure what capacity. Um, Nick Castle is back as The Shape. As Michael Myers, what are your thoughts and opinions on this? Nothing? Oh, me? Yeah. I was looking up the boobs for you. Um, Halloween? Yeah. What are my opinions on that? Yeah. With Nick Castle back, with um, Carpenter being invested in it. I don't know how they're going to pull it off, but I'm excited to see what what they're doing. Yes, because I think the idea, like... You know, obviously they were going to make another Halloween movie. How do you follow up Rob Zombie's Halloween 2? You don't. They're not going to make a sequel to Halloween Resurrection. So, you, we're not going to remake it again. So I think the ultimate way to do it was to go back to the original. Are they wiping the slate and from, from there? 
from the first two on, they're wiping the slate. No, the first. The no, stuff. after the first two, from that point on, they're wiping. Okay, after the first one. Really? So yeah. two doesn't even exist in this. So world. that's interesting because it takes out the whole like uh, sibling thing. Yeah. So it's back to just Michael Myers is a soulless killer in his seventies. No, absolute no motive. Was he? Is he in his seventies? Nick Castle's seventy-one. That old fuck. Okay, but Michael Myers is sixty-one. Sixty-one. Okay. Yeah. Um. And he's he's getting in shape for the role, and I don't know if you saw that. It was a blurry picture, but if you zoom in, you see him in the Michael Myers costume, and it looks creepy. So, I'm excited. It should be very interesting, especially with Jamie Lee on board. And Judy, I've always liked Judy Greer. And, uh... Judy Greer. Who's who's actually directing? Do we know who's actually directing? David Gordon Green. David Gordon Green. Yes. Uh... Do we know any of the other cast that's in it? Besides Jamie Lee, Nick Castle. Judy Greer. Judy Greer. Who else? And a, a couple of, like young like teenage types do that we think, I've never heard of. Do we think the Franco brothers will make an appearance? Or has that ship sailed for James Franco? I don't think it was ever intended for James I know. Franco I'm kidding. Jesus. Be in the movie. That, that was a very timely joke, though, Jesse. Do you want to talk about anything else? Rose McGowan? No, I don't want to talk about Rose McGowan. <laughs> um, She's lost it, though. Has she, she not? She has lost it. Google Rose McGowan. I don't want to get into it right now. Too controversial? Yeah, I don't want to, like, talk, like, you know, that type of stuff. I don't either, but she is crazy. Yeah, okay. Well, I guess I'm getting a little... I'm taking a side there. Like, look, I am all for feminism... I'm all for calling out Hollywood pedophiles. I am not for this Rose McGowan insanity. Because she, she's a hypocrite. She's calling out people just for having worked with sexual predators. And then when people bring up like, oh, you did a movie with Victor Salva who molested a 12-year-old boy like long before you made the movie and it was public at that time it was public knowledge and she claims she had no knowledge of it i had no knowledge of it but she's calling out people that also like when they worked with these people it wasn't public knowledge yet so she's a hypocrite yeah her name is rose mcgowan she's obviously fucking brave but that doesn't mean it doesn't mean i'm gonna watch scream and not enjoy her performance exactly it doesn't mean i'm gonna watch devil in the flesh and not think it's the i watch victor salva's a sick fuck Jawbreaker. Great movie. Yeah. Devil in the Flesh, another great movie. Yeah, I said that, but you'll you'll hear that later. Uh so total fucking like piece of shit Salva is. I still like the first two Jeepers Creepers. I still love Clown House, as fucked up as that is, and it's uncomfortable to watch even now. I don't know if I can watch it now. We watched it together though, correct? Yeah, I watched it that one time and I thought it was creepy. But I don't know if, like, I don't know if I can go back to it. It's fucked up. I mean, it's definitely hard to watch. I mean, the kid that he molested gets a butt shot. You see his butt in the movie, and it's just gratuitous. Like, there's no reason for... It is uncomfortable. It does turn my stomach when you talk about it that way. 
I try yeah, to separate the art for from... For you, it's a childhood favorite from way... <laughs> it's be- fucked up. Is That's even more fucked up than I was just when like... When I put it that way, yeah. Um, no, it... I think that if you watched it the way I did, like, because I didn't see it until I was an adult, and I already knew the history, so I knew that going into the movie. Yeah. You watched it way before you knew anything about that. Sam Rockwell's in it. So, I mean, it's sort of a choice. You could choose to be like, oh, fuck my childhood. I know what happened behind the scenes. Or you can be like, when I'm watching the movie, I choose not to think about that. Yeah, that's what I do. So, let's talk about, since we're going to dive on a couple other things while we're on here, let's talk about the Quentin Tarantino drama. Okay, you can talk about that. You don't want to talk about it with me? I have already said everything I wanted to say. Yeah, but you haven't said it on this podcast. Okay, well, I think... Okay. Say what you want about Tarantino, but he came out and told his side of the story, and I don't know about you guys, but it sounded pretty believable to me. He's still on good terms with Uma Thurman, and Diane Kruger came out, and said that he never did anything to her that she was uncomfortable with. Now, as far as forcing to 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 clarify, it, this is nothing sexual with Tarantino. This is all no. about him uh, supposedly forcing people to do things that they didn't want to do. Okay, but the reporter In like stunts. skewered things. Yeah, like you know, she said he choked Uma Thurman and he spit in her face, which sounds bad on paper, but. <laughs> Like, that's what a director does, and they have to, you know, talk to the actress about it beforehand. Because you're making a movie where a girl gets choked, you want it to look realistic on film. So, you know, you want to do it yourself. I mean, maybe to some of you that sounds creepy, but directors have been doing that since the beginning of time. The actor knows about it before it happens, and the actor gets paid for it. And Uma Thurman never complained about that. The reporter just knew about that. And She's, yes, she, her big gripe is that the Weinsteins tried to cover up for whatever, for her getting, I don't know, any kind of, like, settlement or, like, something because the crash happened. What happened is she's saying that she was talked into this, well, at least from, from Tarantino's perspective, he talked her into performing this uh drive uh, in this car where she was supposedly going to be driving straight a turn comes up she decides to you know and she crashes i don't know how the fuck you crash doing 40 miles an hour fucking have you never driven before uma um maybe she has she gets injured um and she claims that the Weinstein that Harvey Weinstein hid the tape for years and years and Tarantino you know ended up uncovering the thing and giving it to her because she wanted it for to what for whatever reasons, but you know the reporter made it, made it seem like you know, like Uma was trying to bury Tarantino. Tarantino is the one that got her the tape, the footage of it. Yes. And also, um, yeah, Diane Kruger got choked out too, <laughs> but she came out. And made sure she was, like... 100% supportive like, of... Like, you know, she was supportive of Uma Thurman. She's supportive of anyone who's ever had to go through any trauma with uh, Hollywood 
scumbag. But she made it very clear that Tarantino never did anything to her that made her feel uncomfortable. Yeah. And if Tarantino was... I, I don't know. I feel like if Tarantino was really that bad, he would have... You know, Diane Kruger would have gotten some of it because she's... Can, can, can we agree that Uma Thurman wouldn't have a any... No one would give a fuck about Uma Thurman if it wasn't for Quentin Tarantino? Can we agree on that? Well, can you she just was, say yes? No. just I, say I yes? I can't just say yes. Why? Because you think the truth about cats and dogs is fucking awesome? She's terrible. Janine Groffalo's terrible. Those things aren't just aren't true. But she was in movies before Tarantino cast her. Okay, but... Tarantino you... cast her because of those movies... And then she was doing other movies yeah, that got her attention without Tarantino. Can you name four other films that she was in besides a Tarantino film? Not counting Batman and Robin? Yeah. What? Wait, why exclude Batman and Robin? <laughs> <laughs> because it's not a Tarant... Because it's like an obvious Okay, so Batman and Robin, Truth About Cats and Dogs. What Dangerously else? Asians. Dangerously Asians? Or liaisons? Dangerous... Danger- Dangerous liaisons with John Malkovich, Uma Thurman's in it, Michelle Pfeiffer. Okay, what's the fourth Glenn one? Glenn Close. What's the fourth one? What's the fourth film? Oh, what's it called? Paycheck. Paycheck. Is that with Mel Gibson? No, it's with... Um, oh, that's Payback. It's with Ben Affleck. It was directed by this huge Can you name action a- director. Here's the real question. Without getting on IMDb right now, can you name a fifth? That's not fair, because you told me to name, like, a certain number. Yeah, but we already talked about Truth and Cats and Dogs, and you're a big Batman fan, so obviously Batman and Robin. So can you name four other ones besides those two? You got two. Name one more. Name two more. Okay, give me a second, though. My super ex-girlfriend. That doesn't count. Why does that not count? It sounds stupid. I feel like anything I name, you're going to be like, that doesn't count. All right, anyway, moving on from Uma Thurman. So Thermis, I, I no, named all these fucking ass. movies, and they weren't good enough for you. And John Woo is the director of Paycheck, which also stars Ben Affleck, Aaron Eckhart, and Michael C. Hall. Great. Uh, so, what are your thoughts on... Is, are there any movies coming out this year that you're excited to see? I think The Strangers 2 looks really good. I still have to rewatch the first one because I only watched it once and I didn't like it then. But everyone said it's so good and I haven't really. Well, even if you didn't like the first one, there's still a chance you could like the second one. That's very true. Perfect example Wolf Creek and Wolf Creek 2. First one sucked. Second one, awesome. You don't. You're not a huge. You're not huge on, like, modern superhero movies. No, not not particularly. But I think Black Panther looks really cool. That's coming out real soon. It could be. It could be. It could um, not be. Um, super. The the superhero movies are so oversaturated now that you know unless it's this true blue Batman film, I'm not gonna see it. I still haven't seen Justice League. God, I was just talking to Chris about this the other day, and I had so many movies in my head that I wanted to see this year. Can I just? Can you give me time to like? Now, what are you? What are your thoughts on the Pet Cemetery remake that's supposedly coming out? Uh, I don't know if it's coming out early next year, but you know, they that's all, all but announced that uh, it's one hundred percent. My happening. thoughts on that are still pending. Pending? Do you? What, what? What? Why are your thoughts pending? Do you think it could be good? Do you think it could be bad? Um, I don't think it. I don't think it'd be bad. 
necessarily. I just don't think. Do you think it could live up could to what like, the original did? No. No, it could not. I see why they remade it because, you know, to a lot of people, I love the original it, but to a lot of people, it's like dated and there's stuff from the book that they wanted to see in the movie. Like, a lot of people that didn't grow up with it and go back and watch it now, it's not creepy to them. So, I understand why they did that. Annihilation with Natalie Portman and Jennifer Jason Lee looks really good. JJL. Big um, fan. Death, Eli Roth's Death Wish remake with Bruce Willis. That I am actually excited for that. Um, Strangers Pray at Night... The hell is gringo oh and i feel so weird saying this because i never thought i would say this but the new tomb raider movie looks decent what like i would see that i don't know about that i would see that shit pacific so, rim uprising so from what i'm reading right now uh the pet cemetery remake is expected in on april 19th uh 2019 so that would make it 30 years to the month after the original that's interesting who's directing it they announced the dude uh kevin klosh and dennis widmeyer what did they do i don't know oh the the dudes that did uh starry eyes did you see Starry oh, Eyes? Yeah, Starry Eyes was good. And they did they did uh, one of the segments on holidays. There's this horror movie coming out called A Quiet Place with John Krasinski. Oh, I saw the trailer for that. Yeah, that looks that, that be, looks awesome. It's either going to be really good or really. Is that supposed bad. to be a paranormal film? I believe so. Would you think it of could, it? It's very vague, which is exciting. Yeah. So uh, Would you think of Insidious: The Last Key? Oh, I was fucking bored. Really? Yeah, I still love Lynn Shay, but... You were bored. I feel like it had no good, like... It just didn't creep me out at all. And I just think, at this point, it was I. it just fell flat for me. No shit. Yeah, I know you loved it, so you talk about it. I thought it was great. I thought it was, uh, there's a great twist in it. I won't give any spoilers away because it's a relatively new movie and people are still waiting probably for it to get released on video. If people are, other than us, still buy video. Uh Uh-huh. But I thought it was good. I thought it was a great twist. I thought it was a cool second prequel. Uh, direct prequel, obviously, to the first one. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was a lot of fun. I put it, uh... I put it number three. One being one, two being two, four being three, and three being four. If I was going to rank them. Cool. Cool. Um, so I just had a thought while I was looking at these upcoming movies of 2018. Yes. Now, everything I name would be boring because they're like the big blockbuster movies and then I see all these titles that I don't know what they are. And those end up being the best movies for me of the year. Are those ones that, like, just come out of nowhere. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. Like, random shit that'll, like, drop on Netflix. Um, yeah. Like, limited theater stuff. There's probably so many, like, great horror movies coming out that we don't... We wouldn't know. And we, we won't know title. until it drops unless we hear it from each other. 
Um, did you see Better Get Out? Better Get Out? Is it like... Or Better, Better Watch Out. Better Watch Out. Excuse me. Oh, no, not yet. Uh, you've heard of it, though. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I watched that and blind bought it per John's recommendation. Thought it was fucking awesome. I should have redboxed that last night. I redboxed Jigsaw because I'm like, I have to watch this eventually. Might as well get it out of the way. It's very um, Loved Ones-esque almost. It's like comedy horror, right? Yeah. Um, and to the two kids, the brother and sister that were in um, The Visit. Did you see The Visit? Mm-hmm. Uh, did you like The Visit? Yes. I did too. Um, the brother and sister that were in that play in this film. Uh, it's very good. I thought it was awesome. Is the brother less obnoxious? Uh, no, he's probably about the same. Does he rap? No, no rapping. Okay, good. No rapping on this okay. one. But, uh, but yeah, other than that, I mean, last year I was completely and utterly and totally looking forward to it, and it exceeded my expectations. <clears throat> but there's no film this year that I'm, like, ecstatic and, and waiting on pins and needles to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess Halloween. I guess Halloween to an extent. Yeah, isn't that exciting? Like it, it you is. don't know where what where they're gonna go with it. But the fact that they are releasing it, you know, forty years later, we are getting it. It's like gonna be uh it's gonna be an exciting time come yeah. this fall. I mean and John Carpenter could just be being paid to say this, but you know, he loved the script and he said they, they get it. But, I think I think he's too honest to do that. I feel like well, he's yeah, too old exactly. and he doesn't deal with the bullshit. So and he's turned he turned down like the chance to be uh, involved in Halloween H two O. So yeah, uh, and it's pretty exciting. You're actually going to get an opportunity next month to meet John Carpenter. Yeah, uh, well, I can I imagine it, we won't like talk. No, but I mean you'll be able to get something signed by him and have yeah. a piece of him for the rest of your days. I'd like to get a piece of him. Me and my brother are, you know, doing the photo op with him, which is exciting for me because I've never done the photo op Can you, thing. Will they allow more than one person in that photo op? Yeah. That's look, awesome. We looked it up. That's awesome. Uh, so, uh, yeah, Monster Mania is obviously coming up in a few weeks. Uh, that's pretty exciting. It's less than a month away. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I'm just going to meet John Carpenter. Yeah. Like, too scared to meet Tim Curry. John and I are we'll actually... look at him. Yeah. He's... I, I'll, I'll tell you what. I watched a, I watched a, an interview with him, and as rough as he looks, obviously he's had a stroke. He's yeah. uh, wheelchair-bound. He's still got his wits about him. He's still very witty and smart and funny, and he was cracking this whole audience up when I saw him doing an interview. Who else is going to be a Monster Mania? That's exciting. Don't not, name any, like... I'm not sure, because I can't really remember, because at this point, I'm just going for the fun of it. But um, a, a week before that, John and I are actually going down to the New Jersey Horror Con, and there, Keith Coogan's going to be there. Uh, Joyce Heiser is going to be there. Who's Jeff, Joyce Heiser? Uh, she was in Just One of the Guys. Oh. Um, Kate Hodge, Ari Mihailov, Jeff Burr from Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3 are all going to be there. Kate Hodge... Jeff Burr. Oh. Ari Mihailov is going to be there. I met him before. Yeah, I am going to be uh, paying the man to sign something for sure. Uh, and that's uh, that's pretty exciting. Uh, and that's uh, John and I went to that convention last year. It was really a lot of fun. So. Well, thanks for inviting me. You can go. I can't now. Why can't you? 
I yeah, I'm just gonna take a weekend off last month. A weekend? We're not going for the weekend. We're going for a day. Driving down Saturday, Saturday. back on sit back Saturday night. Yeah, I'm pr- I'll probably have to work. All right then. Well, fuck you. Anyway, this has been the Hard Guy Media Podcast. I hope everyone's enjoyed this uh, shorter little episode. Uh, Pee Wee Herman, Paul Rubens, he's gonna be a monster mania. That he is. Do you think maybe he'll jerk off for everyone? You know what? What are you supposed to do in a porn theater? I'm just kidding. That is the most ludicrous thing ever is that he got arrested for that, that poor bastard. Like, I think if you're showing a porno movie, you should have, like, you know... Why can't I think of the goddamn word? You should have, like, napkins or something, you know, at each seat for you to jerk off. Napkins? Or whatever you want to jerk off into, a towel. What about a bounty towel? Sure, but then they'd have to wash, like, the towels. You can throw away napkins. That's true. Unless, you know, they want want to save the environment, use less paper or whatever, then the bounty towel thing works. We should end this podcast. I should stop talking. We are going to end it. Brian. When are when am I gonna be able to tack you down so me you and Lou can do the Alien franchise, you piece of shit? Well, I said let's we should do it Friday, and then you didn't respond, and then I brought it up in the group text, and you didn't respond, or you gave me an excuse for not responding, but you still didn't answer me. Well, it was but, it was like a day notice. I can't give Lou a day notice. It was a week notice. At the time, it was a week notice. All right, but yeah, let's talk to Lou and figure something out. We definitely should. That I mean, I don't know why us talking about that had to be on this podcast. But that's okay. It's your podcast. It is. But you want to know something? I have an announcement. <laughs> let's hear it. Pretty soon I will be starting my podcast. It what? doesn't have a name yet, but I will be watching and discussing... Every episode of Twin Peaks, the original show, then Fire Walk With Me, the movie, and then, you know, the sequel show, or The Return, or season three, or whatever. So it's going to be just a period podcast, so once that wraps, are you going to continue on with the podcast? You know, maybe, maybe I'll go back and do it all again, and you'll find, like, new things to discuss, and <laughs> you'll have A different- rerun. You'll have different people to talk with you, and because Twin Peaks is one of those shows where like everyone gets a different like experience out of it. That's true. So I don't know. Maybe it'll be a one-time thing. Maybe it'll be a continuous thing. Maybe I'll move on to other shows that didn't really get like a chance to go on for too long. Mm-hmm. You know, like maybe after Twin Peaks, I could do like Swamp Thing. Early nine. 90- Swamp Thing. Early 90s Dark Shadows, which got cancelled because of the Gulf War. I could do, like, Firefly. I'm not gonna do Firefly. That is too big of a fan base for me to... Well, so does Twin Peaks, but... I'm not doing Firefly. Masters of Horror. The Friday the 13th series. There you go. Freddy's Nightmares. There, There you go, guys. After, that's, okay, I just figured out my podcast now as I was announcing it. Perfect. So, we are on... I will have very special guests, like Jesse Hoshmitka, or Jesse HS. 
of Heart God Media Podcast. Um, Lou of Capital City Smiths. Yes. Alright. Um, and uh, some guy named Tim. Alright, I'm done. Tim? Yeah, Tim. Interesting. He doesn't have a podcast. Cool. Uh, so you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Heart God Media. Uh, give us a follow, comment, write, review uh, on iTunes and SoundCloud. Um, that's where you can hear us. And uh, yeah, thanks for tuning in. Uh, if you're listening, if you're downloading from any uh, country, uh, it's much appreciated. It's always cool to see Canada and Japan and Spain and all these awesome countries that are hearing our stupid fucking voices. Uh, it's uh, really cool. So yeah, I'm Jesse HS, and this is the Heart Guy Media Podcast. Thanks a lot. <laughs>